Sacred Pause with Jessica Winderl. Hey, yogis, welcome back to another episode of the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica, and I hope everyone is doing really well today, have kind of settled into their new normal in terms of routine and lockdown quarantine, and that everybody is finding a little sense of of joy and perhaps um, peace during these times. And I guess I just want to have one quick announcement from our sponsor, the Atman Yoga School. All of our trainings are open for 2021 and even some of 2022. If you're looking at our 340-hour advanced vinyasa yoga teacher training, uh, that's one of the programs that our registration is open for, and uh, people are signing up already, actually. Uh, The first module starts in May of 2021, so you have plenty of time, but it's always great to... Start planning your calendar and planning out your finances and time off of work and all of that good stuff. So if you would like more information, you can check out our website, www.atmanyogaschool.com or send us an email, hello at atmanyogaschool.com and we'd be happy to uh, send you more information. All right, so this week's episode is really great. Uh, I speak with Vilda Schletten and she is um, the first all-natural organic facialist in Oslo. And so we talk a lot about um, skincare. We start off our conversation with uh, how how it is to be a small business during the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic. And yeah, it's, it's a nice episode. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica, and today I am joined with a very lovely yogini and holistic skin therapist, and we're going to talk all about self-care, skin care, and um, surviving the coronavirus as a small business owner. So welcome to Vilda Schlitten. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. I'm so happy that we get to connect and, and can talk about um, a passion of mine and then obviously a passion of yours that you have now made into your career, which is skincare and skin education. Will you yeah. tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into that? Yeah, of course. Um So actually, I started um, my journey, I guess, in marketing, which is kind of strange. Um, And I I say that because it was really necessary for me to kind of discover what I didn't want to be working with. So marketing and just really kind of pushy sales. Um, I wanted to do something more for people and not you know, kind of pushing people to, you know, do or buy something they maybe didn't want. And that's how I got into yoga. Um, I became a yoga teacher. And then I started just kind of looking around for more services to give to the, the people that were attending my classes and skincare just kind of has it's always been a passion for me. I remember when I was little, I wanted to be um, um, a dermatologist, uh, which is strange, but I, I just remembered I wanted to help people 
um, have good skin because when I was a teenager, I struggled with my skin. Yeah. And um, I actually even started going down the the medical studies uh, line, but um, I found out that it it was just too uh, in depth for me and just more of the uh, treatment and more of the chemical way of uh, treating the skin and um, and not so much the holistic and natural way, which I've always been um, interested in. So I did my esthetician training in Oslo, which is really basic. And and then during my training, I started uh, giving treatments in my living room, in my apartment in Oslo. (laughs) Um, And I always had a focus on natural products. I didn't want to use the products that we were taught to use in esthetician school. I wanted to use my own products. I even made my own, uh, my own facial masks and my own cleansers. And, um, and that's how it all started. And now I've been taking more professional courses and classes in the U.S. to learn more about a holistic approach to skincare. And then I started my my own clinic in Frognir uh, last summer and uh, just been growing since then, doing more of the stuff that I love and what I want to, you know, help my clients with. Yeah, well, and your clinic, it's is it the first one that you know of that is an all natural skincare clinic? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so in uh, in Norway. Yeah. yeah. So you have mm-hmm. some some clinics that do uh like natural inspired treatments and they have some I guess organic products, but I believe or to my knowledge my clinic is the only one with like a fully or organic um holistic approach um to skincare, yeah. Yeah, I know, which is just so exciting. And I've been to your clinic, and first of all, your treatments are amazing. (laughs) I I fell asleep uh, when I was getting the one treatment. Then I'll have you explain, like, some of of what you actually do in your treatments. Um, And it was just because you have the background as a yoga teacher and an understanding of the energetic body, and you work with the gemstones and the essential oils, and it's like it's a whole experience. It's not just, okay, come in and try and get you know, so you look prettier younger. <laughs> it's like, yeah, how are you feeling? What's happening? How do you, how do you kind of handle and <clears throat> approach that? Like the people who come to you as, as a whole being. And so it was so wonderful. I loved it so much. And, oh, um, and then the second treatment I got with you, I fell asleep also. <laughs> <laughs> because I was well, so relaxed. Oh my God, which is good. You know, I think that's amazing. You're good at relaxing though. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true too. <laughs> I have no problems in that department. Um, but one of the things that I love when you and I first kind of connected and and I was seeing what you were up to um, is I think what's happening now in Oslo in particular, but then also in Norway is there's like this really inspiring burst of activity, I would say, kind of in the wellness space. There's a lot of independent small businesses, you know, all the ones I know are all female owned. And people are getting more educated about 
alternatives for taking care of our body, taking care of our hair, our skin, our makeup, our nails. And I think along with that interest, then there's this huge opportunity for people to create businesses out of that. Um, And more and more people, I think, are going to be looking for holistic, natural, organic alternatives to how they take care of themselves. And, And people in Norway are really interested in upgrading their lifestyle in terms of being more healthy, being more conscious, both about the environment and about their own health. And so when I saw that your clinic was opening and what you were offering and the products that you use, uh, I just find it super inspiring. I'm like, yes, yes, it's coming to Norway. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think there's this little entrepreneur community in Oslo as well. And a lot of us kind of know each other. And that's, how our businesses grow too is we're able to like recommend one another and talk about like oh okay this is what you're into and you're looking for this oh have you met my friend Vilda have you met Jessica have you you know and I think that's um really exciting on one hand (laughs) on the (laughs) other hand and this is where then of course like you know what's been happening the last month with the coronavirus and everything and just you know the total global crisis and pandemic is so on one hand we have this kind of flurry of activity in Oslo of, of wellness entrepreneurs, but those people and I put myself in that category too uh, are blazing the trail a little bit, kind of creating a new category that hasn't really existed in our local community. But then the flip side is when something really unexpected happens, there's a lot more risk involved with being the first one or being one of the only or you know and so I think we've seen a lot of the people that you and I know in our community um you know we're all just kind of like what do we do when our livelihood is endangered in such a a real way and then it's like okay but we all have individually we all have the knowledge too of like okay mindfulness practice breathing techniques yoga asana Like we have a lot of tools in our toolbox to try and help us stay calm and present and focused, even in the state of this like huge uncertainty. Um, So there's like a lot of things happening (laughs) where it's like, okay, it's like a really exciting time, but it's also now a very scary time to do what we do. Yeah. And I I think that um, this is the time where maybe not a lot of people want to, you know, start out as we have done. Um, but I also think that um, it's, I mean, this pause in our life is just maybe what we need to just kind of look back and just kind of, you know, look over everything we've been doing and maybe doing some changes and um, and just kind of seeing where we have to go from here. Maybe we have to do something completely different, um, helping each other. Yeah. Well, that's, that would be, I think the optimistic viewpoint. I hope (laughs) so. I mean, that's, I feel that. And I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, our takeaway on a more global perspective from this is, is how do we take better care of ourselves? How do we take better care of the environment? And how do we get out of this? Um, I had just had an Instagram post about this, like get out of the the me mentality and into the we mentality a little bit mm. more. And I think along with that comes a real uh, renewed sense of interest in natural and organic 
lifestyle practices. So everything from the food that we eat to the clothing that we wear to the products we put on our skin. You know, um, one of the things that I've been doing during <laughs> the quarantine shutdown period is um, actually renovating my bedroom. So, mm. yeah, and this was, I mean, well, I say me, but really it's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I just get to do the fun stuff, like picking out the trims and the paint. But um, one of the things, the reason I bring this up is, and this was a long planned project. It wasn't just like, oh, we have time, let's do it. it was, we've been planning it for months. And, um, but one of the things that I was the most excited about with this project is I found an all natural limestone paint and Mm. I always liked the look of limestone and I'd never known that it was a hundred percent mineral based. It's naturally, um, non-toxic and it's antibacterial Uh, mold doesn't grow in it. It's water resistant. Like there's all of these benefits and it's a totally natural product that you can use in your home. Yeah. Wow. And so for me, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And and the lady I was buying the paint from, she was like, she's like, well, most people just buy it because they like it, how it looks. (laughs) I was like, I'm buying it because it's non-toxic and it's in our house. And, you know, and so I think things like that um, are going to hopefully be kind of uh, one of the byproducts of this crisis is that people will be like, okay, how can we do better? And both at a very micro level of like our individual homes, but then also on a more community-based level, like, okay, how does, how do my actions impact people around me? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, let's share our resources. And, you know, how do we get away from chemicals and synthetics and destruction and consumerism <laughs> on such a on such a gross like yucky level mm. um and so I'm hopeful looping it back now to like our original conversation <laughs> I'm hopeful that you know the positive outcome of all of this trauma and tragedy is that people are going to be more conscious and more aware and then hopefully people with businesses like you and me it will be, it'll come full circle. Like people will be looking for the services that we provide as a way to upgrade their lifestyle. But (laughs) we have to make it through this really uncertain period. And so it's, yeah, yeah, there's just a lot to consider. Yeah. And I think right now this is, you know, a super testing time for businesses like ours but I really truly do believe that if we get through people will just have to be more conscious of what they buy what they put on their skin what they use in their homes and I think um, it might be a a, uh, unpopular statement but I think we kind of needed something like this crisis to just, you know, shake things up and just, you know, make us more aware of what we are doing. Um, And not that this was something, you know, that maybe could have been prevented. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know those kind of facts, but I really do think that um, either way we can, we can take something out of this and we can learn from this and, and it can, you know, all in all make us more conscious consumers. 
I agree. Yeah, I I get your hesitancy to make that statement <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I, I, you know, and especially too when we consider more of a spiritual or yogic approach, everything is trying to find a state of equilibrium or balance or equanimity. And, you know, I think everybody can agree that in general, our society has gone so far in one direction, and and especially in the Western world, but now we can see, of course, the influence of every part of the globe in this crisis and the role that everybody's played, um, that something did need to happen. And I think that, you know, it, it, it might be we might need to be cautious or I want to be cautious, of course, about placing blame or saying, oh, everything happens for a reason, like spiritual bypassing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that, but I do absolutely agree in the law of nature where nature is constantly seeking a state of balance and it will correct its own course. It will cause something to happen in order to create uh, the conditions for a state of balance to occur. And Ayurveda would say the same thing also. And so from that perspective, it's like, oh, okay, you know, this is very impactful on a personal level to every single person on the globe. But when we look at like the big, big, big picture, <laughs> it's like, hmm. oh, okay, this is, this is a blip on human history, you know, a blip in yeah. time in human history. Uh, and we just happen to be present for it. And so it's like, yeah. huh, all right, well, is there a way then to allow this time to be part of our spiritual practice and that's a an interesting question too oh yeah definitely and I think um most people even if they don't have a spiritual practice from before I mean even I um I visited my dad yesterday um he's a doctor he's kind of the opposite of I would say a spiritual person um but even him you know he he kind of he can see sort of I guess a, a deeper meaning with this he is you know slowing down he doesn't feel the need to work as much and he's even you know prevented from working you know but um all of these things that are happening even with people that don't do yoga or do breath work or meditation, I think this will impact everyone and it will probably show up in different ways like they do for my dad. Um, but I, I think that this kind of slowing down and this not being able to do anything is just really good for us. We, we usually, you know, we want a solution and the, I'm not sure of the world, but the Norwegian people are really, you know, we are um, doers. We want to, we want to do something. We want to, you know, be um, of service. We want to find a solution. And I think when we are in this together and we don't really, we, we can't really do anything other than, you know, staying at home and just being calm and just being with a few people at a time. I think it's, it's, um, it's something that will, will impact us. Um, even if we don't really know of spiritual practices, I think it's this whole situation we're in. It's, uh, it's a spiritual practice of itself. Mm, I agree. Yeah. I mean, we might even be able to use the term spiritual awakening where yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, okay, when you're forced to slow down, wow, all of a sudden you feel better. 
isn't that funny? <laughs> like yeah. you're moving at a slower pace. You're not in a rush. Everybody's stress levels go. Mo- I mean, okay. I'll say many people's stress levels. Cause of course every situation is different and, and there's still a lot of people who are working. And of course, everybody in the healthcare profession and, and, and teachers have really stepped up to the plate. So there's a lot of people who are working extra hard during this crisis. But then I think there are a lot of people who are are able to take a break. And for the people who are able to take a break, I would imagine that they're seeing a real difference in how they feel and maybe in their emotions, maybe in their sleep. Uh, when you can't go somewhere, when you can't rush around like, oh, I've got this appointment and then I've got to go there and then, okay, I've got coffee with this person. And it's kind of like, okay, well, read a book, take a nap have a cup of tea, <laughs> like all these things that are incredibly nourishing and nurturing and, and help rebuild OJAS and keep us grounded and keep us calm. And I just, I don't know, I know for me, my husband always jokes, and I share this on the podcast all the time, but my husband always jokes that I'm really slow, like I'm a slow person when I'm at home. <laughs> and I take it as a huge compliment. I love it. And now that I'm pregnant, my husband's like, and now that I'm home during this time, He's like, Jessica, you are so slow. <laughs> it, like he was in the car waiting for me this morning to go to my doctor's appointment. And he, I was like, yeah, I'll be right out. I'm just going to lock up. It took me about 15 or 16 minutes to get out of my house <laughs> because I was like, oh, I've got to do this. And oh, I, I need to do that. And, and then I was like, where are my keys? And I was like, oh, that's how I know I haven't left my house in a while. <laughs> I don't know where my keys are. And, you know, so for me, I think it's a huge that's actually a practice I strive to have more of is stillness and slowness and counterbalancing all of the stress hormones that are so easy to aggravate and activate. But maybe that's why I'm good at relaxing because I do work hard at it because it's so important. And, you know, that kind of comes back to what you're doing in your business. And what do you think, um, or what have you seen the benefits of the type of skin therapies you do be for your clients? Um, so I always start my treatments with breath work. Um, and, you know, the people coming to me, they are usually conscious of their stress levels um, and they want to address it but they don't really go to typically yoga or a coach or a therapist that will help them with their stress levels they want to do it through skincare or beauty treatments and and that I can really resonate with because you you kind of um sometimes you just feel like you just need something you just need some kind of um, care you need something that will make you feel better and usually it doesn't you know kind of um, feel like going to a therapist or a psychologist or something like that I mean that doesn't kind of you know show up as the most kind of tempting thing to do that you're like oh yes I would love to do that that was that will make me feel so much better even though I'm it definitely will but it's kind of like um 
the end result. Whereas skincare, it's more of an immediate reaction where you know that you will feel good. You know that your your skin will look good. Um, so I think that um, the people that come in and get the holistic skincare treatments from me, they um, they they crave that kind of that calm and that um, that opportunity to just be and just you know receive uh, treatment in a way that um, doesn't only work on their skin, but works on their entire body, their, um, their minds. Um, so w- what I f- find that most of my clients need are just, you know, calm. And I say to some of my clients, you know, we don't even have to touch your skin today. We can just, you know, stay here for an hour together and you can lay down and you can breathe or we can do some yoga. And, and um, I, I really do think that most people don't know that um, skincare or beauty treatments can help them with this. And, and that's what one of my passions, you know, to just show people that when you are calm, when you feel good about yourself, you will get good skin, your digestion will improve, your energy levels will be more balanced. And it's, it's not so much about what you put on the skin well definitely that is a big part but when um when I see the effects of just breathing and just allowing my clients to you know be calm that's that that's one of the most beneficial practices that I do just helping people calm down because that's I mean we need help even me I mean I need help to calm down sometimes even if it's just you know listening to something or going to a yoga class um won't be doing that now though but you know just um listening to someone to and I think we we uh, a lot of us need you know we need that help to to calm down Mm, I absolutely love that and and I totally agree with you and I think that's what sets your business really apart um and then we can talk specifically about like the products you use and, and why that sets you apart too but the whole philosophy you have behind your approach to these treatments is yes, it's skincare, but it's more, it's, I mean, it is, it's holistic. It's very much like approaching every part of the being. And I totally agree too, with what you said about how maybe the barrier to entry is, is a little lower for some people. Like it seems more accessible or it seems less, scary to go be like, Oh, I'm going to go get a facial yeah, as part of their self care rather than being like, Oh, I'm going to go do a breath work session. And they're like, <laughs> I don't know what breath work is. I don't know. Like, you know, or, or maybe sometimes, and I think maybe more so in Norway than the U S even there's, there's a stigma around mental health and yeah. getting treatment for mental health or seeking out like a therapist or counselor, like you were talking about. And absolutely that's incredibly helpful and beneficial and yet I think sometimes it feels so far away for people and they're kind of like well how do I get there like I don't want to draw the line in the sand and say oh I see a therapist um, Mm. or a psychiatrist but going to get a facial is something like oh yeah or going to a yoga class oh I can do that and Mm. then people start to feel better and I can imagine 
I can see people very easily becoming addicted to your services, <laughs> especially if they are in that state of like, you know, they, they're, they need some kind of energetic support and yet they don't know how to ask for it. Cause I think a lot of people don't know exactly what it is they're looking for, or what they think they need. They're just like, Oh, I feel stuck. I feel not seen. I feel shaky. And they don't know where to go to look for help. Like they don't know the type of resources they even need. And to come to somebody like yourself who has the background and the training and also the passion for it, you know, I mean, I would very much put that in the category of Dharma where you're, you're helping people in a way that maybe they didn't know they needed to be helped. And yet they see a very clear change in how they feel. And their skin looks good, you know, yeah. but then they leave and it's just like, oh, wow, that was, that was something totally different. And, and in a very good way, I am um, yeah. for myself, like I have always been obsessed with skincare and my mom taught me at a young age, a lot about, about skincare and she's really into it. And I don't wear much makeup. I don't care too much about makeup, but I love skincare. <laughs> and so I always do a lot of different things. And I've been to a lot of different therapists and tried a bunch of different techniques. And, um, but I will say that when I came to you the first time, I was like, oh, this is something awesome, like very, very different, because it was so much more. It wasn't just like the clinical, okay, come in time for your facial. And they, they do just kind of like a slap, slap, slap job. <laughs> and then 60 minutes goes by and you're like, oh, that was really nice. And I feel good. But there's no like extra oomph to it. Mm. And, and the care that you take with your clients and the energy and the space that you hold is very apparent. And so that's why I say that your services can be really addictive. And especially for somebody who's looking for or maybe who's, who feels a little bit more tender emotionally or energetically and they can come to you and be like, oh, wow, that was something more powerful and more supercharged than just going to like, I don't even actually really know. Do, do, do people in Oslo, if they go to a typical place to get a facial, would it be like a Medispa or where, where do you get other facials? Um, so yeah, it wouldn't be a medispa or we have a lot of skincare clinics all around, um, in Oslo. So, and it's quite popular, but I've, mm. I've been to a few places myself and it's kind of how you describe, I mean, not to, you know, offend anyone, but I mean, it, it is kind of, you know, you, you go in and you get some kind of diagnosis on your skin and then they treat that and then you're done, you know? So it's kind of, um, that's how it's done in the more, conventional way and that's how estheticians are taught um in school mm -hmm. as well yeah but bringing in like the crystals and the oils and the energy work and the breath work is it's magical and it's yeah that's what people need and I mean it's the same thing with with a good yoga experience or a good reiki session or anything where you leave feeling so good and that would be my hope for everybody is that we can start to explore more of these types of practices and they become more recognized and more accepted. And, you know, I just keep, I keep going back and forth when I see 
um, I'm trying to think how I want to phrase this. I, when I see these businesses like yours popping up in Oslo and I get so excited, I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's happening here. Um, I just, I automatically compare it to a place like LA and LA or Colorado, um, where the types of services that you provide are all over the place. And there's a lot of people doing really interesting hybrid practices. Um, and people like, it's really well known. People get it. They're like, Oh yeah, of course you're going to go have this holistic skin therapy session. (laughs) And in, in Norway and in Oslo, especially if you are the first and we'll assume you're the first, it's kind of like you're up against a problem that is marketing and is education and like, well, why should somebody come to your clinic versus going to the clinic around the corner that has, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of splashy marketing and advertising. Um, and that's the similar problem that I have or that, you know, a lot of the people you and I know it's like, okay, well, how do we educate our consumers about why what we offer is different and, and in our opinion, better. How do you go about trying to educate people about what you do? So I try to, um, well, first of all, not spend so much energy on trying to reach the people that I know or or I feel like um, um, they will not want my services. I try not to push anyone. It's not like I'm going to go to... um, just say my dad, since I already used him as an example, he's, he's a doctor, you know, he's really traditional and, um, um, I'm not going to try to convince anyone. Um, so that's like kind of my first rule of trying to teach people about this. Um, I'm not in the business of convincing or selling, um, or being pushy. Um, but what I do try to focus on is, um, more of the the feeling that you want when you take care of yourself and that's the feeling I think everyone can relate to the feeling when you you just you feel healthy you feel vibrant um and when I try to distinguish between the conventional uh conventional methods of skincare versus the more holistic um, methods. I, I try to just be as, um, just kind of objective as possible so that I don't, you know, step on anyone's toes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's kind of difficult, but, you know, um, I try to, um, educate people and, and, and this is really, you know, um, individual if I if I'm talking with someone who I I noticed just kind of needs a more um, anatomy perspective of this or they need you know numbers and more of a science-based approach then I will talk about the benefits on the nervous system on the lymphatic system I talk more about the skin and um, um, and the muscles um, and then uh, for more, like you said, more sensitive people that just kind of don't really, um, they kind of feel like they need something more, but they don't really know. So they, for them, maybe they don't know the difference between a conventional skincare therapist and a holistic one. Then for those people, I will just try to, you know, um, 
describe for them how this will work on calming your body down and that's something that everyone can understand and um and that makes a lot of sense and i feel like that's kind of the common denominator for my business your business and a lot of the other more organic natural businesses popping up is that we're in the business of calming people down and mm. that's kind of um i think it's like the main goal um so and when i do the explanation of the more um um the things that are happening you know beneath the surface of your skin and when i and when i explain it in that way that everything is connected it it usually makes sense for people and um and it's more it it just it it, it seems a lot more logical to work on your skin in that way in that way you are kind of addressing the whole body all of your systems instead of just the skin which is kind of um how i in a really you know short way would um distinguish between conventional and holistic is that holistic covers your entire body and more conventional methods will just work on your skin from an outside in you know and mm -hmm. i work from the inside out <laughs> right Yeah, well, I mean, that's the same idea behind Ayurveda, too. And, you know, we can't versus allopathic or Western medicine, like, you know, Western medicine really is about targeting and treating the symptoms. And um, Ayurveda, the sister science of yoga is all about treating the root cause of the disease. And <clears throat> Ayurveda, you know, is right along the lines of, of everything that you're doing using all the different types of therapies to target the different senses. So, you know, Ayurveda, and there's a, a beautiful book called Absolute Beauty. Have you ever heard of that book? It's oh, an, no, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. I'll have to send you a link. It's an Ayurveda book, and it's all just about beauty, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And it's, it's got recipes for Ayurvedic facial masks for all the doshas and toners and exfoliants and anything that you can make, like, natural skincare-wise. Um, from an Ayurvedic perspective. And, you know, Ayurveda is not against beauty at all. Like it doesn't say like, oh, you have to be ugly to be healthy. <laughs> um, but because, you know, in Ayurveda, we believe that the sign of somebody who is in a good condition of health, a good state of balance for their unique doshic composition, they will have like the same words you were using earlier. They will look um, vitalized, they'll look radiant, their eyes will sparkle, their skin will be clear, and their hair will be luxurious, and their skin will be plump. Like all of these external signs that actually indicate a good working condition internally. And mm. in in the, the West, you know, just like you're saying, when it comes to skincare, um, everything is just about the outside okay, get rid of wrinkles, get rid of acne, get rid of, you know, cellulite, like, whatever it is, without ever considering anything else. <laughs> and I mm. think it's very, very difficult. I mean, you might have some results. But I don't think the results will last long. Um, in terms of how your skin looks, if you're not doing other things, like getting, like you said, too, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, eating enough vegetables, hopefully maybe meditating or doing yoga. Um, and so it's just, yeah, interesting how there's such a, a difference in opinion about how we can handle both our health, but also our skincare and our beauty.
Yeah, because I mean, I I truly believe that the most important ingredients in your skincare treatment is not what I do, but what the client does when they go home. So I always say now you have gotten maybe 50% of the treatment. Now you have to go and do the rest. You have to drink lots of water. You have to sleep. You have to eat your vegetables. You have to, you know, you have to take care of yourself. Um, And then you can come back and we can, you know, we can of course keep working on your skin, but you have to, um, you have to do all these, you know, lifestyle changes to be able to see the results. And I never, um, I never guarantee any results unless my client goes home, drinks water, and and, and does all these things. Um, because I mean, it's 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 so obvious and it's so connected. I mean, it's you 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 can't have the one thing without the other, is what I believe. Yeah. Did they talk about that at all at the esthetician school you went to? Um, yeah, we had some classes in uh, nutrition where we basically got the Helsedirektorat. Um, it's yeah. um, those, you know, 10 advice or, you know, the 10. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah. We, we, we did learn some um um, some foods that are, you know, good for this and that. Um, so I, I, I think that that was maybe the most interesting part of, uh, of the training, <laughs> um, would love some more, uh, some more on that. And even not only in the esthetician training, but also in the medical studies for doctors. I mean, they have like 20 hours out of six years, <laughs> oh. um, which regards n- nutrition. Um, so Definitely more focus on on foods, yeah, <laughs> for <Ugh>. the skin. <laughs> Which would be such a cool workshop. You know, I know you're constantly doing education and learning more, and, and I do the same thing with yoga and Ayurveda. And, you know, but I can imagine a lot of people being interested in that, you know, yeah. maybe like, okay, well, well, how do you create a nutrition plan to target your skin health? <laughs> I'd mm-hmm. be like, I want to, I want to learn about that. I think that'd be yeah. super cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, this just kind of really brought something up to my mind, <clears throat> which I want to share. It's a little off topic, but um, it's to the point of nutrition and Ayurveda, of course, says that that food is medicine and what we put into our body has a direct correlation on how we function, how we feel, how we look, like every single part of our being, our emotions, our mental state. Um, And when I was first starting my cancer treatment a few years ago, I had, it was, I was in the U.S. and I was getting treated at this amazing facility, the Huntsman Cancer Institute in Salt Lake. And they had a whole like wing in the hospital um, that were a whole area in the hospital that was for alternative healing services. And the guy who had started the hospital, I actually um, trained his granddaughter. I, um, she was one of my students in a yoga teacher training that I was part of at the time. But he was this like very, very rich philanthropist and his wife got cancer. And so he built this amazing cancer hospital. And he believed that alternative therapies could be really helpful during such a traumatic, scary time in people's lives. And so I had access to things like 
art therapy, journal classes. There was some kind of like singing thing you could do. They had yoga classes. They had acupuncture. They had massage. And I mean, there was a whole like list of things you could do. And this alternative art, yeah, like art therapy. I don't know if I said that. Um, and, and then, so all of that was cool. I was totally on board with that. <laughs> and then one of the services was a nutritionist. And I was like, awesome. I've actually never been to like a real nutritionist before. And so I, was, I signed up to go and my husband came with me and we went to the, to meet her for the appointment. And I left the appointment with a couple of brochures and I just threw them in the trash <laughs> because the, when I was talking to this nutritionist, she, she was like, okay, well, you should really be drinking clean water and try to eat more vegetables and cut out, cut out excessive red meat. And, you know, like that was it. She didn't say anything about dairy. She didn't say anything about sugar. And, and there has been a big correlation between sugar and and inflammation, which then is a big part of cancer. Um, and so I was a vegetarian at the time I started eating meat right after this. Um, but as a vegetarian, I was like, okay, so you're not really telling me anything I'm not already doing. Like, like there was no extra like light bulb moment of like, oh, I'd never thought of that or, oh, I can change that. And that's why when I left, I was like, well, that's not very helpful (laughs) because it was so, um, basic I guess. Yeah. And I can yeah. see how for some people it could have been really earth shattering to maybe be like, okay, um, you know, don't eat red meat with every meal and drink more water. And, you know, but for people who are already kind of on the health and wellness track, it's, you're already doing those things. So anyways, I, it just brought that to my mind about like, you know, yeah, how little doctors are educated in nutrition and how, how downplayed that correlation is between what we eat and put in our body and then how we look and how we feel. And it's like, yeah. okay, how do we educate <laughs> people about that? Yeah, and I love that you brought that story up because that's what I feel like most people that are, you know, conscious of their food and and um, and health and um, they they know all the basics and that's what I feel, you know, doctors know and estheticians that practice a more conventional approach they they know all the basics and people now they google everything so you can basically you know figure out everything that's you know kind of good for you so we all have this kind of you know common basic knowledge of what is healthy um and then you have to go to the more alternative radical therapies to figure out what is actually good for you because I feel nutrition and skincare it's it's kind of the same you have to do something that is tailored to you um we are not the same you know so um and this is also you know um from Ayurveda that you know you have to kind of figure out where you are right now and also what your constitution is isn't it from when you were born or or, or when you were little yeah it's from um conception is your is your prakriti which is the um the set doshic percentages and -hmm. then and then it's the vikriti which is like the temporary imbalances which are the ones that we experience at any point you know you and i both have them right now Everybody, anybody yeah. listening has a vicarity or an, a temporary imbalance right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's how um, I feel skincare and nutrition should be addressed. It should be, you know, it should be a more thorough testing and analysis of the the person as an individual and not some kind of, you know, common basic um, <laughs> advice that, you know, everyone kind of, you know, can Google themselves. And, that, and that's why we have therapists and people like me and yourself that, you know, we have extensive training and um, we, we know how to assess the skin and the body in, in more of an, individual and tailored way to you know to give people what they actually need instead of some really you know basic common sense that you know we have probably used up until now and then people are starting to figure out that it doesn't uh, necessarily work for them so they are looking for something else and that's why I think more and more businesses are popping up that are more focused around the organic natural way because we are starting to see that we need something more <clears throat> i i agree and that's why it's so exciting too is because i think there's a lot of inspiration when people are taking huge risks and huge leaps to create businesses in this market um, and in the space of of alternative wellness and so it's like super cool to see like, oh, what's that person doing? And oh, what's her business all about? And, you know, and that's why I think that the community that we are seeing being built in Oslo right now is, is just really exciting. And everybody is so kind and friendly, I would say, has been my experience for the most part. Like, um, and so for me as an entrepreneur, that actually really helps keep me going in general. I mean, during right now, you know, we're sitting this episode will come out in a few weeks. We're recording it um, while we're still under the first 14-day lockdown period. Um, so, I mean, who knows what's going to end up happening next month, <laughs> the next six months for all of our businesses. But, um, you know, my hope is still optimistic that everything's going to end up working out at some point. But all of that aside, the inspiration part aside, um, you know, when we, we look at the holistic approach, like, okay, we got to start from the inside out, which is what you said, how you kind of approach everything. Um, that being said, we still can't use crappy skincare products. <laughs> we still need True. to have <laughs> really high quality, specific types of things that we use. And the order in which we use products is really important. Do we use it in the morning? Do we use it at night? Like, do I really need to wear sunscreen? Like there's all these questions. Um, but you have a specific brand that you really love and that you use in your clinic and you sell now online too, which is awesome. Um, what can you tell us about the product line that you use and why you chose it? Yeah. So it's called Isen, Isen skincare. Um, and I love the name because it comes from the mantra. I am the sun, uh, which I love. Um, so really focusing on um, on the um, energetic aspects of the ingredients, the plants, the flowers, and the connection to nature. They use mostly, um, mostly wild-crafted ingredients, which means that it's from the habitat where the, um, where the plant or the flower naturally grows and thrives. And um, if they can't find the 
right ingredients wild crafted they will use organic ingredients um and it's all um it's almost all vegan i have one um, honey mask which is you know it's honey so it's not vegan but it's um um it's all cruelty free and everything is raw so the facial oils for example they take 30 days to make because it's cold press and it's a mixture of just really really pure high quality oils um and and, and what i love about the this skincare line is that it really does focus on the holistic approach to skin which is not you know only a kind of result driven skincare which is what we usually um see and and work with so you don't have you know an oil for this particular um problem or a cleanser for this um it's more of um, you put together different products that will work on, of course, on your skin and um, on, on on kind of what your skin needs, but also what you feel resonates with you, what just kind of feels good, what smells good. And so when I sell my products, I always have my clients, you know, test them and feel them and smell them so that they can, you know, just kind of pick the products that they love because ultimately I think even if you have a product that is promised to, you know, work on your skin problems, then, I mean, you, you have to find one that, you know, that you kind of feel connected to. I know that kind of sounds, you know, maybe kind of strange, but I, I feel like your, your skincare ritual should be something that you look forward to that you love doing and you want to you're so excited to smell the products the the feel on your skin um so these products are they are so high quality and they do work because they um they're actually from Colorado in the US? I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in Colorado for eight years, so it's yeah, it's yeah, almost well. <laughs> a home state for me. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, so it's um and it's it's been around for a long time, but they had a rebranding for I think it was a few years ago, um, where they kind of um used more focus on the holistic approach and the more um kind of energetic approach to skincare they use a lot of gemstones in their oils so there is you know a little piece of a gemstone in the bottle um of the body oils um which also you know gives off a vibration so if you if you're not familiar with crystals they do give off a certain vibration um and when you have a little gemstone in the bottle, it will kind of just supercharge the the oil. And when you use it on your skin, you can really feel, you know, it's um it's it's why I call it like good vibe skincare because mm. you just um it will also give you that kind of extra that oomph that you said, you know, it will it will give you that extra just kind of good feeling when you use them. And and that's you know, um, in addition to the the smells the the textures and that they actually work and they are completely pure and natural yeah it's I mean they're beautiful products I know just this morning I ran out of the uh serum I had bought from you and I was like oh 
I need to go see Vilda. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. But now I'm now I'm happy. Now I can order online. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, what I have two questions. The first one is in general, so can you tell us about the treatments that you offer? And um, I can never ever pronounce this correctly. The guashia. Guashia. <laughs> How do you so say that? Guasha. 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 So you can imagine just kind of spelling it instead of the G U A, but with a G W A. So it's like gua. gua. Okay. Gua. Guasha. <laughs> I know. It's like, ah, uh, oh my gosh. So you use, you actually use a, a crystal guasha in your facials, which is super yeah. cool too. And what's the um, reasoning or benefit of that? So the crystal gua sha, in addition to what I just said, that the crystals, you know, they give off a vibration. I actually have one in my hand right now. I had to have one just to look at when I'm uh, talking about it. Yeah. Um, so it does give off a vibration. I usually use um, either rose quartz, which is kind of the crystal of love, self-love, um, self-care, um, um, or I use a white jade crystal which is um it helps more with um um anti-inflammatory um issues and the the white in relation to chinese medicine is for the lungs and for grief so it's um um that sounds really heavy but it's it's, it's really but, beneficial for all types of people even if you don't have you know grief it's yeah. um it's, it's just a really you know positive and uplifting crystal so i i use that to mostly to work on draining um toxic waste from your skin <laughs> um so the gua sha is used in a specific way to move lymph around in the face um, and down the neck to remove puffiness and just kind of excess fluid that is underneath your skin, but also to remove toxins that are underneath your skin, which usually um, will, you know, be the cause of breakouts, pimples, acne. Um, so when we do the draining work, it will you know, it will leave the skin more clear after a few sessions, of course. Um, and it will also just, you know, um, leave you just looking glowy because of when you remove excess fluid, you, you won't have that kind of puffiness and that kind of bloated feeling in, in the skin, which will just give you just kind of a more clear and glowy and just, um, just a healthy complexion. Um, so the gua sha is, uh, it's, it's what I use for like the main part of my treatment. I do the cleansing and a mild exfoliating, but the main part, which is, it's about 30 to 40 minutes of pure gua sha facial massage. Mm. So I will do like a kind of more vigorous 
facial massage with my hands just to kind of loosen up the tensions in the muscles. And then I will use the gua sha just to smooth it out to drain the lymph from the face. And for some people, I will also use the gua sha to do some lifting where I will just actually lift the skin in a particular way. And, um, and all this um, is done with, of course, um, um, a training that I had to go through. I mean, um, I've been trying to teach my clients how to do some of these techniques at home, but some of them you have to, um, you have to, you know, practice and they are kind of advanced techniques, but it will definitely bring you results to, mm. you know, just to kind of try out at home. Yeah. So awesome. I'm like so relaxed just listening to this. <laughs> I'm like imagining. Ah. Um, and so then my second question is, which like for yourself, like what's your favorite products to use and, and your uh, routine or ritual around your skincare? Yes, I'm, I'm actually quite minimalistic in my skincare and lately I've been recommending my clients to do a more minimalistic approach um so what I do right now I cleanse my face in the morning and in the evening I I'm not a fan of double cleanse unless I'm wearing makeup um I feel like the double cleanse it's it's more of the conventional approach to skincare where um you have to, you know, really strip your skin of its natural moisture, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, so just I do a light cleanse morning and night, and then I apply a water-based serum, um, which is, um, if I can just go into more detail of the of the serum, um, it's um, your skin is, you know, mostly built up of water and fats um so your skin needs water and fats to um to thrive so when you apply products you should always have something water-based and then something fat or oil-based um and when you put on a like a regular white cream it's usually a mix of oils and water mixed into one but also you know with some um, emulsifiers and um, conservation chemicals um, to just kind of make these ingredients you know merge together because we all know you know uh, water and oil it doesn't really mix mm. so um, the holistic approach is to split those products into two so you first apply something water-based and um in my ritual right now, I use the algae peptide serum from Isen, um, which is really nice. And it also has some hyaluronic acid, which is really moisturizing. Uh, but you could also use like aloe vera gel, some rose water mist, face mist um, for the water um, product on the skin. And then I use a facial oil. And right now I use the sapphire oil from Isen as well, which is more for a normal to dry and sensitive skin. Um, but you could also use, you know, um, any kind of oil like rosehip oil or something, um, sesame oil. Um, and, and there you could, you know, go to Ayurveda and see your dosha and just mm -hmm. kind of see what, what, what oil works best for your skin. Yeah, there's so but, many. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. But definitely use something water-based first because most of my clients, they are kind of skeptical to using oils on the face because they have tried it before. They they tried going away from a cream and only using an oil. And, uh, and when you only put fats or oils on your skin, your skin will just really miss that water. So you have to use something water-based underneath the oil for the best results. Um, and two to three times a week, I do gua sha. Um, and then I will also do a facial mask. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. That didn't sound minimalistic at all, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it is, I mean, I think it's kind of minimalistic. Yeah. But in a good way, you know, and, and, and the thing is too, like our skin changes and things happen and this comes back to the Ayurveda idea between we can have like our our normal baseline but then we can have temporary imbalances crop up and so then it's kind of a question of navigating like okay well where is this coming from so what's the the root cause but then also okay how do I alleviate the symptoms too um you know an example would be and I mean skincare is tricky because I think there's a lot of factors that come into it. Like we said, your nutrition, your sleep, your water intake, your stress level, your hormones, your emotional state can impact how your, your skin looks. Um, but for me, like generally I'm a Vata type person. So I'm, I'm generally, my skin is very dry. And so I have to do a lot of extra moisturizing and a lot of, um, thinking about how to build up the water element within my body. And then I had, I, probably like two years ago now, yeah, two years ago, I had, um, uh, what do you call that, perioral dermatitis. Mm, and I'd yeah. never gotten it before. And and actually, thank God, the dermatologist missed it. It was uh, um, a facialist who was like, hey, I think this is what you have. And I was so thankful because I it had at that point spread to around my eyes. So I'd had it mm-hmm. like around my nose, around my mouth a little bit, and then it had spread up towards my eyes. And perioral dermatitis looks a lot like acne like small little acne and and it's very difficult to get rid of and there's not really a consensus about the origin like is it hormonal is it caused by some kind of product you used is it irritation inflammation what is it and ayurveda would say well it is inflammation so it's it's pitta uh, a pitta imbalance Mm. the fire element and so you can be you know, predominantly a dry skinned person and yet still have some kind of outcropping of a rash or acne. And you're like, ah, well, how do I, this is the question so many people have. (laughs) How do I moisturize my skin when I'm having an acne outbreak? And so then you might have to get a little bit more complicated with the types of products you're using or the order you're using products or, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, not so simple all the time. So that's why I say like, if your skincare regimen is, is able to be minimalistic at certain times in your life, I think that's Mm. great. (laughs) Cause there's probably going to be other times in our lives when it's not. And, um, yeah, I would, I would say my skincare regime right now is pretty minimalistic as well. Um, I do toner, serum, oil, and then maybe I do a cream and then I do sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Um, in the morning and then at night I do everything minus the sunscreen but yeah but that's on a good you know good day which is yeah 
but I, I feel like that's, I mean, we have to approach the skin in the, in different ways, um, as our life changes and just to kind of, I just felt to, uh, felt like, um, addressing the thing you just said about how to moisturize skin with acne. Because yes. That is, that is the question I too get the most from my <laughs> clients. Um, and I can relate so, so much because my skin is more on the sensitive side, but I have a tendency to get some acne now and then. Um, so the question is, you know, how to, I mean, you, you, you want to use some really like strong products to get rid of the acne, but your skin is maybe sensitive and dry. So you can't really use it over long periods of time. And then, um, and then you just feel so, so dry. So what I, I do for my, for my clients and for myself, actually, um, I have two different cleansers. So this is like my, my rescue when I do get some um, some acne, I use a cleanser which is like really um, for a more um, acne prone skin, which my skin will not you know tolerate at all when I don't have acne. But I use it morning and night until the acne clears up, and then I will use my regular serum and oils for sensitive skin. Um, in addition to the more, you know, kind of tough cleanser, because the cleanser is something that you only put on your skin and then you take it off right away. Um, so that will, um, if you have dry and sensitive skin, your skin will, you know, just, uh, kind of, you know, tolerate that more of, a uh, of a strong kind of product. So that's what I recommend for my clients. And it usually, it usually works. And for myself, it, it will take about, um, a week. Um, of course, in addition to kind of being conscious of what my lifestyle is like, usually uh, the acne comes, you know, from poor diet or not enough sleep or water. So, I mean, it's more of like a, um, um, a full on um, kind of analysis of what I'm doing in my life, um, as well as just kind of changing up the cleanser usually mm. works. That's a great tip. Really great tip. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's where we need to leave off. Um, (laughs) Even though it's like skincare, it's like yoga, we could just like talk about it all day long. Um, I I love to geek out on products and, you know, talk about all the stuff. Um, But, you know, our day must go on. So (laughs) um, I just I want to thank you so much, Vilda, for sharing with us and and telling us about your business and skincare and your experiences. And, you know, this is just such a crazy time for every small business owner. And so I just really appreciate you taking time out of your day and and speaking with me and, um, you know, we'll just keep supporting one another and supporting other people in our community and continuing to do what we love and our passions. Um, I think that's really the only answer is we just keep going forward. Yeah, I agree. And thank you so, so much for having me. And and thank you for your support and your good vibes and energy. I mean, I, I can really, I can feel it. Even though we can't meet, I can, I can feel it. <laughs> Yay, good. I'm glad. Yeah. All right. Well, have an awesome rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>